Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 184. 184. Thanks for being here. Thanks for whacking me in your ears. Uh, today, we're going to spend some solo time together. My favorite. I love spending solo time with you. We're going to talk about the power of plyometrics on body composition and metabolic health. So in a previous podcast episode, I think it was episode 182, I spoke about training in your 40s, 50s and beyond uh, as, who says that? Oh, Toy Story. What's his name? Not Woody. I cannot remember the other character's name. Uh, anyway. We were speaking about the importance of polarizing our training. So training high or training low or top end training and bottom end training. And when we're looking at top end training, we're looking at strength training, but we're also looking at plyometric training and high intensity interval training. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you about plyometrics the importance of plyometrics, uh, why they're important and how we can add them in to our training practice. So from about age 25 to 50, our bone density tends to stay pretty stable with equal amounts of bone formation and bone breakdown. After the age of 50, we tend to break down more bone than we form. And bone loss often accelerates, particularly at the time of menopause. She's a hot, fun time, isn't she? <laughs> we're losing muscle mass, we're breaking down bone, we're not as good at using glucose, uh, we're slower, we don't have as much power. <laughs> But this is why we're talking about it, because there's loads of strategies that we can put in place to mitigate all of these things or at least slow them down. So after the age of 50 or, you know, as we age, uh, we're going to lose some bone mass, some bone mineral density, particularly at the time of menopause. So research shows that women can lose up to 20% of their bone mineral density. I think that's like one fifth of our bone mineral density within the first five to seven years post menopause. So menopause is marks the day uh, of it being a year since your last period. So menopause is just a day like a birthday. So you can have a menopause birthday that you could celebrate, hopefully, because you've transitioned into menopause with a strong, healthy, capable body. So the research is showing that women can lose up to 20% of our bone mineral density in those first five to seven years post-menopause as we have a complete change in the ratio of our hormones and a massive decline in our estrogen levels. So on top of that, we already start losing muscle around the age of 40. 
maybe even a bit earlier. So maybe, you know, our mid to late 30s, we start to lose muscle mass or we start to become a little bit more catabolic. So remember, estrogen uh, is anabolic and builds up. So when she starts to go on a roller coaster ride and then starts to decline, uh, we have a bit more trouble building up or holding on to the muscle or building muscle than we did in our 20s and 30s. We can also start to lose speed and power as we age, but specifically at the onset of menopause. (laughs) She's just the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) So estrogen, anabolic, building up, it also helps us create really forceful muscle contractions. It helps us generate power. Now, of course, having muscle mass on us also helps us generate power. Practicing and actually training speed and power helps us generate power. And I think this is really important because, you know, around this, uh, this time period and if we're looking at all the research, they're placing a lot of pressure on these changing hormones, the ratio of the hormones, the, the loss of estrogen. But just remember that, you know, if we're in a strong body, if we've got muscle mass, if we're training speed and power, potentially we're going to notice the effects of the changing hormones less. And this is why it's so important to prepare our bodies well for this transition. You know, in our 20s and our 30s, we want to be doing strength training and lifting heavy. We want to be doing plyometric work. We want to be doing HIIT work because the stronger we can get, the more speed and power we can generate. We're going to come into this time period uh, with a much better baseline. So we know that estrogen is anabolic and it has a role in creating those forceful muscle contractions and it helps us generate power. So as it declines, it's really important to create a strong stimulus that keeps our muscle fibers strong and firing quickly and powerfully. And so really, we should be already doing this before we get to this time period. But if we're not, it's totally cool. This is why we're, we're talking about it. So we've got this declining estrogen. Now, because of that, we want to create a strong stimulus that will still keep our muscles firing, that will still work on speed and power. So this is where we introduce one of the queens of power, Plyometrics. Plyometrics is about impact. And man, does she make an impact on our bone mineral density and our metabolic health. She makes an impact. Let me tell you. So plyometrics is about jumping and bounding and hopping It's about giving your bones and muscles extra stimulus that comes when you push off the ground 
against gravity and then land back down. So it needs to be jumping, squat jumps, hopping, you know, single leg, double leg hops, uh, tuck jumps where you land back on the ground, bounding, uh, what we call a depth drop or a depth jump. So you're standing up on a box or a bench or a target and you uh, step off and land on the ground down in a depth drop. And from there, you can actually jump up into a vertical jump and then land back down. So you've created um, a double, uh, I guess, a double jump or a double contraction. So what's happening is as you, so let's talk about a squat jump. So as you go down, what you're doing is think of a rubber band. So you've got a rubber band around your thumb and then with the other thumb, you're drawing that rubber band back. So you're creating this tension in the band. And so when we squat down, that's what we're doing. We're creating this tension in the body. And then when we jump up, it's like letting go of the rubber band and the rubber band slingshots forward. Uh, and then that creates that power and that speed. But what the, the important thing is, is that we land back down on the ground to get that force in our body. We call it the stretch shortening cycle. So by using a lengthening movement, so the eccentric part, which is the down, kind of like the wind up, the stretch, which is quickly followed by a shortening movement. So a concentric movement, which is the up or the power movement. So then we can play around with it for the power and speed by doing a bunch of different plyometric work, which we'll talk a little bit about later in the podcast episode. So box jumps don't count as a plyometric movement because we're not landing back down on the ground. There's no force. We're just jumping up to an object. So we could do a box jump and then we could do a depth drop and a vertical jump. And that would be a plyometric movement. But when we're talking about plyometrics, we're talking about jumping up and down. So double leg hops, single leg hops, squat jumps, depth drops. Um, we need that force uh, to come through the body from the contact with the ground. So the reason why plyometrics work so well is changes to your genes. You actually wake up some genes in your muscles that stimulate cells to improve power and even the composition of that muscle. It's strength, so it's contractile strength and it's reaction time. Plyometrics also maintains, builds and improves the function of your mitochondria. So your mitochondria are these little energy producing powerhouses in your cells. The mitochondria produce the energy. And when we have better mitochondria function, we have more energy available to keep producing that power. 
They're also finding in the research that plyometrics can help preserve metabolic function. So it actually helps with this metabolic flexibility. The way that it does that is that it improves insulin sensitivity. So we spoke about this in the podcast episode on training in your 40s, 50s and beyond, how when we start to get into our 40s, our late 40s, we notice body composition changes. And what we're noticing is an increased um, fat mass in our abdomen. And one of the reasons for this that they're finding in the research is has to do with our insulin sensitivity. So from the research, they're finding that plyometrics improves insulin sensitivity. So we can actually get glucose into our cells where we need it instead of it being in our fat stores where we don't need it and we don't want it there. So when we think about being in this time period and estrogen declining, you know, it plays such an important role in our bone health and... As I said, research shows we can lose 20% of it. So we really want to include jumping and high impact plyometric work to help maintain our bone mineral density. A study in 2015 found that after 16 weeks of high impact jump training, hip bone mineral density, so the they were actually looking at the head of the femur. So the femur is the big leg bone and it's got quite a big head on it that sits up into your pelvis, into your hip capsule. So they were looking at the bone mineral density of the head of the femur. And so what they found was after 16 weeks of high impact jump training where pre-menopausal women, so women before they entered menopause jumped 10 or 20 times twice daily with 30 seconds of rest between each jump and they compared that to women who didn't jump and what they found was that they actually improved the bone mineral density of the head of the femur by doing that jumping protocol whereas those women who didn't jump didn't have an improvement in bone mineral density. Studies have shown that in postmenopausal women, the hip, spine, and wrist are the areas most susceptible to fracture. So we want to be training the muscles, tendons, and ligaments around those areas. And we want to be doing some type of plyometric work to help strengthen uh the tissue, the muscles, and the bones in those areas. In another study where they were looking at 80 postmenopausal women between the ages of 50 to 65 with mild osteoarthritis-related knee pain, they found that those who did jumping exercises three times a week for 12 months improved the quality of their patella cartilage and didn't experience jumping related pain or stiffness. So there is some research out there showing that if we have osteoarthritic joints or in this case, in this study, they were looking at osteoarthritic knee pain, 
that the women who did some jumping exercises three times a week for 12 months actually improved the quality of the tissue around their knee, the patella cartilage. And the stronger that we can make the tissue, the muscles, the cartilage around the knee, the more support it's going to give the knee. And they didn't actually experience any jumping related pain or stiffness. And that that's really cool. And I see this a lot in my work. You know, we have this fear around if we experience pain or discomfort or we've had an injury in a certain place or as we age, you know, we've been told that we have an osteoarthritic joint. We're very fearful to actually do movements that are working those areas. But there is research out there to show that if we dose it the right way and progressively overload it, that it actually can help. I've added plyometric work to my training to help my strength. I feel like this is a missing link. I'm not a powerful, (laughs) I'm not a powerful gal. Uh, Women already have more slow twitch fibers and we're quite good at long and slow. You know, I'm very good at Uh, complex movements, doing them very slow and controlled, but I am very crap at producing speed and power. And because I want to get back into Olympic weightlifting, which is a speed and power sport, I want to start training my speed and power more. So dynamic effort lifting, uh, you know, right now, some of you have may have seen that I'm setting the bar up with bands. So the bands are attached to the rig and then they're on the bar and I'm doing banded squats. And that would be classified as a dynamic effort lift where, you know, for the example I'm giving you, there's no resistance on the way down, but out of the bottom, we've got the banded resistance. And so we have to produce more force and power to get up out of that squat. So we've got, you know, if we want to get stronger, we've, we can incorporate dynamic effort lifting, but research has also shown by adding in lower body plyometric training, that can help increase our strength, especially in our lower body. So plyometrics helps our bones It can help us get stronger and it can also improve our body composition. In particular, those three to four years prior to menopause where we can see the biggest change in our body composition and an increase in abdominal fat. So plyometrics produce this fast concentric Uh, contraction and that targets the fast twitch muscle fibers so our type 2 fibers now women generally have more type 1 slow twitch fibers and this is one of the reasons why plyometrics is so good for us because it helps us activate those type 2 fast twitch fibers 
And it's those type 2 fibers that have the most potential for muscle growth, which means that plyometrics performed prior to training can increase muscle recruitment while training and thus facilitate more muscle growth over time. So power-based movements have also been shown to elevate basal metabolic rate post-workout, which can aid in fat loss. So how do we incorporate it into our training practice? If we know that we need to be strength training three times a week, lifting heavy weights, now we know that we should be doing some type of plyometric training. Let's look at how we put it in, how often, how we would structure it. So I'm going to share with you my approach. Now, it is not the only approach or the only way. There are many ways to introduce it. But here's how I do it in my training and how I do it inside of Warrior School. So plyometric work is quite intense. You know, there's a lot of load going through the joint, through the ankle, through the knee, through the hip, through the spine. Uh, There is a lot of coordination and stability involved in it. So I do believe that having a baseline level of strength, already having a consistent strength practice is very helpful, but not essential. We could also do them together. So we could start a strength training practice and potentially also start adding some type of plyometric work at the right dose, at the right level, doing the right movement based on where we're at and what's going on in the body. So it's very individualized as to where you would start with plyometrics. I have a friend who is a physio in Australia and she does Uh, bone density classes and she has some of her students or clients who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s start jumping and they are also starting a strength training practice alongside that. So they actually don't have um, a lot of muscle mass and a lot of uh, strength but the way that she designs the classes is that they'll do a big compound movement first and then they get into jumping and she's meeting them where they're at. So potentially they're holding onto something and they're just starting to do a bilateral little hop uh, where they're only trying to get, you know, a centimeter or an inch or so off the ground and then she's progressing them from there. So we can start this work if we've never done it before and if we haven't had a strength training practice. But I've seen it work best if we have a solid strength training practice. If we've got some strength there, we understand how to create tension, how to generate some force and power. Uh, And I think that's what's really cool about strength training is that it teaches you these things that can carry over into plyometric work, high intensity interval training. And so I didn't start jumping or doing plyometric work until after I had built a pretty consistent strength training practice, nor do I get my warriors to start doing plyometric work at the start 
they focus on body weight strength training. Then we start to get into lifting weights, progressively making that heavier. Then I introduce them to plyometric work. So just like I believe you need to earn the right to add weight to the bar by owning the movement, by uh, getting the technique right, the range of motion, the control, I also believe that you need to earn the right to jump through having some kind of baseline strength and learning how to land properly. So it's really important to build adequate eccentric strength. And we can do this in strength training by doing a lot of tempo work in our squats. We're learning to go slow down in that eccentric position or part of the movement. And we need that to then generate that concentric, powerful force. So a great way to build adequate eccentric strength is through our strength training practice, being under load and using a tempo. Then we need to learn how to absorb force properly and employ good landing mechanics, which just really means jumping and landing from the same position. And we really want to avoid this... uh, this inability to land smooth. We want to focus on quality over quantity. And you know that I love quality. Uh, We really want to jump with maximal intent and rest as needed between sets and reps. We want to get the most out of that jump. And so starting with lower volume really helps try and keep that intensity high. If you've never done plyometric work before, it's quite demanding on the nervous system as well as very demanding on the tissues, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons and the joints because of the impact and the force. So we really want quality over quantity. We want to start at a progression that meets us where we're at. So often we want to be doing things that are bilateral. So using two feet at the same time. A great place to start would be a bilateral hop where you're just hopping up and down on the ground uh, using both feet and you're learning to jump with intent. You're learning to land uh, with proper landing mechanics uh, to absorb the force And you want to keep that volume low and the intensity high. We also want to try and start vertical before horizontal. So when we're jumping vertically, we only require a force absorption and deceleration in a single plane. Whereas a horizontal jump, like a a broad jump, it requires the body to absorb a force both vertically and horizontally, which really just increases the complexity and uh, puts a greater demand on that eccentric part of the movement. We can also focus on linear before lateral. So just like a broad jump or a horizontal jump forward, lateral jump, so when you're jumping side to side, 
require the body to absorb force in two planes and thus it's just a little bit more complex and it puts a little bit more load on that eccentric part of the movement. We want to work unloaded before we load. So just like with our strength training, we want to own the movement, uh, learn the correct form technique, have control and stability within the movement before we add weight. So it's the same with plyometrics. We want to do them unloaded. And I can tell you, just trying to move your own body around uh, and jump up and down, it's hard. She hard. Uh, so unloaded before loaded. So we're looking at movements like a squat drop, a low depth drop, hopping. So bilateral hopping, single leg hopping, a static box jump with a depth drop, uh, where we can do seated vertical jumps, a standing vertical jump. Uh, we could start to get into hurdles or lateral jumping, lateral bounding, broad jumping, uh, multi-directional jumping. Then we can move into uh, weighted jumps, uh, jumping with the bar, so barbell squat jumps or trap bar jumps, band-assisted jumping, uh, band-resisted jumping, weighted depth jumping. So then we can start to load the movements. Now, there are a lot of prescriptions out there around how we would incorporate it in our training plan how we would dose it. And I just highly recommend that you get support from someone. So from your coach or work with a coach if you want to bring this into your practice. But in my conversation with Dr. Stacey Sims, uh, and I think we spoke about this in our first podcast episode together, the research says or some research says that three times a week for 10 minutes will give us the dose that we need to support our bones, uh, our muscle mass uh, and our metabolic health. So you could start doing some type of plyometric work either at the start or the end of your sessions three times a week for 10 minutes, starting unloaded, bilateral, really working on the eccentric part of the movement and controlling that and then you can build from there. Okay, Warrior Woman, thanks so much for spending time with me today. So now we can add that into the top of our pyramid, to the top end of your training. And in an upcoming podcast episode, I'm going to talk about high intensity interval training and how we can incorporate that into the top end of our training plan why we should do it, what are the benefits of it. And I think I'm going to blow your damn mind when it comes to this conversation around high intensity interval training, especially those that have been in the metabolic space for quite some time. They seem to think it's the devil. Uh, and then we also have the other side, which is the fitness culture, which has taken it and uh, made a mess of it like it does everything else. But there is a middle ground and there is a way to do it that actually really supports our physiology uh, and our bones and our muscles and our insulin sensitivity, everything that we've been speaking about. So that will be on an upcoming podcast episode. Okay, Warrior Woman, uh, I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. 
Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.